Good morning. This is, uh, you don't have to laugh, Bob. I saw that. This is uh, Central National Park, and I am the park ranger today. And uh, so that's why we're not having kids' church, because this is kids' church. We're all kids. God doesn't have any grandkids. And so we're all his kids, and we're all going to worship together today. We're going to learn together today. We're going to explore together today. Because what's better to do in a park than go exploring, right? And discover things and see things. So let me go over a few of the ground rules. And this is kind of what's going to be expected of us today as we deal with, um, with the national park. One is this. Kids, if you see something, and remember, we're all kids. So if you see something that you think is funny, laugh. Laugh loud. If you see that wasn't meant to be at me, the goal is to laugh with me, not at me, would be better. Um, But it's okay to be loud. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to talk. Whenever I ask questions, it's okay to yell those answers out. You're not going to get in trouble from your parents by doing that in church today. So this is a good thing for that as well. Um, this is a safe place. I do want you to know, even though that the national park sometimes has predators, I do have one cure for the predators right here. Guaranteed to scare off all predators. I keep it close at all times in case of emergency. And there we go. And all predators will flee at that moment. So we keep this close at hand and we're good to go with that. And so that takes care of it as well. Um, as a park ranger, uh, you always have to have good reading on hand. And so I have a book that I keep reading on hand. And parents, you may want to buy a copy of this. 50 Dangerous Things You Should Let Your Children Do. So uh, here we go. Kids, this is a great book. And if there's something in there you don't like, uh, there's also nutrition in here as well. Because what I do is I just take it and I burn it in the fire and I eat it and it's like eating kale. So that's also healthy because that's what kale tastes like is burnt pages from a book. So we have that as well for you to, uh, to be able to be a part. But we got our supplies. We got everything that we need. We got our backpack, our tent. We have trees. We have a kayak. We have a cool waterfall, which I think is awesome in the sun. Is there glowing above us as well? So we have what we need for this. And our week this week, as, as you heard, is National Park. We have a scripture that goes along with it. It's Philippians 4.19. And, uh, and so we have it right here on the poles. You can kind of see with me. And uh, we'll kind of all go together with it. Philippians 4.19 starts right here. And it says, my something will something all your something. So we got that according. And then we come over here. To, that's quickness, to his glorious riches in Christ something. All right? So we'll try to figure these things out. Now, I've got some people that are going to help me. If your last name is Farrell and you're a triplet, please come henceforth and hitherto and help me with that. Can you guys come and help me? This is awesome. I had twins in early service, triplets in late service. This is fantastic. And uh, so this is outstanding. Come on, Anton. Um, gentlemen, let them go first. All right, so here's what we're going to do. There's four words missing. All right, look at me. Four words missing on there. They're written on yellow pieces of paper. Go get them and bring them to me. Find them. They're all over the stage. Don't bump into things, though. You got one. Ooh, collision. Careful, 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 careful. Got one. Careful coming back. No, there's not any in the tent. I promise you that. But we're missing. Careful, careful. Don't step. Oh, don't go around that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, awesome. Do we get them? Do we get it? We're missing one. Ah, it's and gets it. All right, bring them over here to me. Here we go. Yeah, round of applause. Here we go. Now, let's go see where they fit. Come on. We're going to see where they fit. Which one goes where? All right, here we go. So we have my something will something. All right. So my supply will something. My Jesus will something. No. no. Okay, Jesus, no. Needs. I thought Jesus was always the right answer. Need, no. God. Yeah. Yes, my God. My God will needs. No. No, my God's will Jesus. No, no my God's will supply. 
Okay, supply. We're going to go with supply. Man, it does that. So, my God will supply all your Jesus. No, no he won't? Wow, that's just a weird turn. Oh, needs. We're going to go with needs here. All right, needs. Pam's going to do that. According. Here we go. Wow, some speed. It's like your mom, not your dad. To his glorious riches in Christ worms. Oh, Jesus. Jesus is the right answer right here. So now we have our whole verse. High five. Thanks for your help, guys. Y'all are awesome. Oh, and here I got something for you. No, no, don't leave yet. I have a gift for you right here because the park ranger is always prepared. Here you go. Sonic gift card for each of you guys for helping me out. Thank you very much. Right there. Yeah, there's a dollar on each gift card. And uh, no, I'm kidding. There's five dollars on each of those. Um, hopefully those will work. Okay, so now we have... We have our verse. So we've got the verse that's going to go on. Now we need to know what this verse means. We need to be able to understand it. We need to be able to unpack this whole thing. So if we start at the beginning, which is a great place to start, of Philippians 4:19, and being in the national forest, we recognize it says, my God, right? So our first word here that we just found is God. And, and the question then becomes this, how do you define that? Because our culture would define it very differently with a big G than a little g. And, and we make different things our God. God is what you put on the throne of your life. God is what you worship. Now, with our mouth, we say things, this is my God. But if it's truly your God and the God we're talking about is someone that you follow and worship, do our lives really back that up? So let me ask this. Yell out answers to me. What, what is God to you? Life. life is good. What else? Hope. Salvation. Light. Love. Creator. Yeah, you see, these are fantastic. He's our father, right? He's the creator. He's the meter of our needs. He's always there. The word in the Bible they use is omnipresent. He's always with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. So we know these things about God. And we say that he's ours. This is my God, not your God. My God. So this is ownership here that, that he's become a part of my life. He's not some distant thing. He's close to me. And he's my God and he's trustworthy. And I can count on him. And so we have to ask that question, who is the God of your life? Because our, our community, our culture says, think of others worse than yourself. That's what our culture says. Step on whoever you have to to get what you want, because you're the most important thing. And that's not what God, does that God say that? No, that's not what God wants. God says in humility, consider others better than yourself, Right? And and Jesus has to come first. And so we have this God that's here that we now claim is ours. This is my God. All right, so now we're in this together. This is my God. And then we keep moving down the verse. My God will supply. Now, supply is an interesting word because we think of like school supplies. And so we have scissors and we have different things that we need, whatever, rulers and protractors, things that can hurt ourselves. Not that I ever did that in, in elementary school. But we have those things. That's what we kind of think about are these supplies that can go on. Well, supply is an interesting word. I looked it up in the Greek, and I want you to, to grab this because this is kind of cool. The Greek word for supply is pleru, I think. P-L-E-R-O-O. I, I'm not Greek, so I don't know. But it's pleru, which means this, to fill to the top, to completely, to, to completely full, to cram or stuff something in. Like, that's what it means. And, and we don't always get that when we think about the word supply. We think, well, supply, it's just a little bit here, a little bit there. Let me demonstrate for you what supply means. I want you to see it in a picture. All right, so Samantha and Ashley, y'all come on up here. Uh, they're going to help me with this. And what's going to go on is we're going to play a little game, and they're going to compete. Now, 
For those who don't know, Ashley Ortega right here and Samantha Mitzelfeld right over here. They are running VBS, man. They're incredible. They're awesome. Yeah, they're amazing. And pray for them, thank them, hug them, all that kind of stuff. It would be fantastic to do that, okay? But they're going to compete. I'm going to get out of the way. Um, you have the mic? Do you have the microphone? Yeah, I need that. Um, and so what they're going to do is they're going to play a little game called Chubby Bunny. Now, you may have heard of this game before. The goal of this game is literally to cram as many marshmallows in your mouth while still being able to say chubby bunny. There there's is a little bit of danger in this game, though, because if the marshmallows slide a little bit, they could get stuck in your what? Uh, throat. What's a little bit more? Windpipe. Windpipe. Well, come on. Starts with a T. Starts with a T. Trachea. That's what it is. Trachea. And so, yeah, you'll get caught. So we want to definitely be careful with this, okay? But we're going to have the microphone, so you'll take each take one. Colby Molly. Come on, you got to do this so we know how many marshmallows are in each of their mouths, okay? So there'll be a running count of how many marshmallows are in each of their mouths. They'll have that. Right now it's zero, so that's good. All right, here we go. I'm going to give this to y'all so y'all can let them say things, and I'll just get out of the way. All right, first marshmallow, here we go. We're going to begin supplying them with marshmallows. Chubby bunny. All right. Chubby bunny. Wow, that's after one. Okay, let's go for two. Here we go. Chubby bunny. Oh, oh. Sam. Here we go. Give her the mic. Whoa. Number three. Going for three. Switch it. Wow. Ashley, this is amazing. Chubby bunny. All right, Sam, going for three. There is a trash can in case you need it right there. All right, we're going for four. Now, if I'm, not, if I'm incorrect, actually, I believe last night you tried a new technique to train for this. You got one of those deals that sucks the snot out of your kid's nose, right? So you were training for this. Go ahead. All right, here we go. Number four. Yeah, here we go. That's in her best 1-900 voice. Okay, number four for Sam. You got to get it in there first, girl. Here we go. All right. Going for five. Here we go. Number five. Colby T, there you go. Oh, good night. Does that count? Do we need to hear it again? Account? Okay, we'll give it to you, Sam. Number five. Or or not. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. Did you just spit some out? We have a winner over here then. Ashley Ortega is our winner. Fantastic. Yeah, please, for all of our enjoyment, go ahead and do that last part right there. That'll be very good. Round of applause for our contestants if we could right here. And all that. There's a bottle of water. I will. There's bottles of water right there for you too, uh, for you guys to have. But, um, but, dude, now you need to pray for Ashley and Sam even more um, after that right there. Now, they did not compete in early service, so just to catch you up on the shenanigans of early service, um, early service was Brett McDonald and Mark Westerfield. Halicon. Anybody want to care to guess who won that one? Who votes Brett? Raise your hand. Wow. Who votes Mark? Is that because you think he has a big mouth? Is that what you're saying about your pastor right here? And Mark Westerfield was the winner in there. Um, in early service. They really kind of tied because they both went, and it was awesome. So... Uh, I definitely want more of that. I can put that in my pocket right there. Seven. Seven. They got seven. 
And that's where it ended right there. So if we have extra marshmallows. If anyone wants to try after the service, please feel free to do that right there. So now it was like, ooh, no, that's gross. But this is VBS, man. This is what it's for. It's Finks. Um, those that saw the video. Okay, so now we got Philippians 4.19. My God will supply. And now we know supply means to fill to the top, to cram it full, right? Just to stuff it right there. What is he going to provide or supply? My God will supply all your needs, all your needs. Now, it's interesting what we would use to define that. Do we define needs the same way God defines needs? No, we really don't, do we? We, we, we admit that, but yet we still get selfish with it. Isn't that crazy how we do that? I mean, it's so often we say, my God will spoil my needs, but God, I need a million dollars. Right? I mean, you, you can read studies on that. People that make 30000 a year say they'd be rich if they made sixty. People that made $60,000 a year say they'd be rich if they made $200,000. People $200,000 say they'd be rich if they made a million dollars. See, there's never enough. There's never enough because we look through the lens of our, our selfish, earthly lens that says this is what we need. And we think we know better than God with what we need. When God says, I'm going to give you what you need. I'll give you everything you need for life in Christ Jesus to be successful, to have, to have what you need in this life. He promises that. So my God will provide or supply all of your needs. And, and these, these needs get to be. Now, how do, we, how do we get our needs? Does God just drop them all from the sky and this kind of stuff? And so we just go in our backyard and that's where everything lands? No. There's processes by which we do that. So here's what we do. We're going to learn a process of how to meet a need. All right, so kids, get with your parents, because here's what's going to happen right now. All right, we're going to have a little scavenger hunt. All right, things that might be in mom's purse or dad's pockets. Here we go, scavenger hunt-wise. And here's what it is. If you have it, don't run up here with it. I just want you to yell, I got it, I got it, and wave it in the air. All right, that's what I want you to do. And I got my spotters here. They're going to help me figure out. And we're going to go with this. All right, we got a few items. Some of them then will be easier than others. Here we go. Number one thing you're looking for right here. Driver's license. Kid has to have it in their hands, not parents. Kids. Okay, I got, you don't run it up here. I just wave around. Just wave it like, okay, I got you. I got you. I got, yeah. All right, item number two. Here we go. Item number two. This one will be great right here. A receipt. A receipt. I didn't hear you say I got it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we got some. All right. Minnings, y'all are cheating. Y'all got triplets too, man. That's just so cheating over there. We got triplets versus triplets right here in the room, man. This is awesome. Okay, here we go. Number next on this. Here we go. See if you got... This happens in my house a lot, so I can put it on the list. A Lego. Anybody got a Lego? See, we step on them, they go in the purse, and they go in the trash can. That's how that works at our house. You got one? You have a Lego? Is that Judah? Are you kidding me? Let me see that Lego. That's fantastic. It's a Lego. That's, you know what that deserves? That deserves a Sonic gift card for you, buddy. That's what that deserves. I didn't think anybody would have that. You get a Sonic gift card right there. All right. That's awesome. Okay, here we go. We'll do just a couple more and we'll be good. All right. This one in the air, waving it around. All right. A sock. Yeah. Whoa. Are you kidding me? What baby did you rank that off of or something? Is that your sock? Were they just in your purse? That's semi-disgusting right there is what that is. I'm not sure I'm okay with that. You got one over here too? Nice. Well, of course, Eric. I got like 17 feet to choose from over there. Ben, you got it too. Okay. Number next. 
Here we go. I see that back there, Headley, Q-tip. All right. Next is this, a 2001 coin. I need to see you wave it in the air, 2001 coin. Anybody got one? They're all dumping it out. Yeah, going through it. Some parents are like, I ain't worth it looking up that. Huh? I don't carry coins. I carry plastic. What is that? You have one back there? Are you waving it? Is it a coin back there? Pamela, are you confirming? We're still looking. Yo, I asked for 2001. <laughs> but that coin's older than you, isn't it? Was it there? No 2001 coin? Oh, you have one back there? Bring it up here. Come on, let me see that. Bring it on up here. here. Or drop it. Either way, it's fine. We're good. Amanda, check that. See if that's 2001. 2001? You can't see it? Wow. I'm an old man. Oh, it's a dime, too. Yep, 2001. Thanks. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Here, take that back. I was just messing with you. I'm just messing. All right, last one. Last one right here. Did you finally find one? You got one, 2001? And back there. Okay, finally. We're catching up. 2001 was an incredible year. It was incredible. That's the year I got married. So we have to celebrate that. See, brownie points. Okay, last one. Here we go. Let's go with, this is important to the National Park, a Band-Aid. Are you cheating? Well, of course your family needs them all the time right there, Ayers. You got another one back there? More Band-Aid? How is that a Band-Aid? Is that like a whole first aid kit? Is that what that is? Dang, Mushan. What kind of life are you living over there, bro? You got some there, too? Band-Aids. These are some prepared. I bet every single one of these were moms, too. Dads are like, Band-Aid? Whatever. Tape an aspirin to it. Let's move forward. Let's move. Okay, that's great. So have a scavenger hunt over. You guys can have a seat. Let me explain why we did that so you can kind of understand, because that's super fun to do, and, and you're doing that. But let me ask you this, kids. When I asked you for something, whatever it was on the list that I said, hey, find this, who did you turn to to get it? Your mom and dad, right? You turned to your parents first because you knew they could get it for you. You knew they would be there for you if you needed something. Now, parents, let me challenge your hearts on something right here just real quick. Let me challenge your hearts. The thing about needs is this. Those are physical needs that are temporary to win a game, and they know they can count on you. But can they count on you in the same quickness when they have a spiritual need? Can they go, my mom and dad will pray for me because I hear them do it all the time. My mom and dad know God's word because I see them reading it. My mom and dad know Jesus because they talk to him all the time. See, they need to know that you have more than Band-Aids and coins and socks in your purse. They need to know that you have Christ in your life, and not because you go to church, but because you live it outside of church. Because there's, there's needs that we have, and I have, a, I have a picture of basic human needs. We'll go ahead and throw this up here. Basic human needs, this is that, you've seen this, par- this uh, pyramid before, bottom, you know, physiological needs, food, water, warmth, rest, and it moves up to security, safety, relationships, prestige, whatever, and achieving one's full potential, all that. And, and so this is all, I don't understand all this psychology stuff, but they have it, and it's great, and this is what we need, and this is how you grow as a human being. But I would say that in 2017, that our pyramid looks a whole lot more like this about human needs. To me, that, that speaks a whole lot to our culture because this, 
I, I can't go anywhere anymore. I, I, I was at the, the Dale Diamond Friday night watching the Dragons play, and I've been out to the, uh, to the outlet mall, and I've been out to eat. And I would say that there's so many people that are doing this all the time. You know how many people missed the game because they were doing this Friday night? And something would happen, they'd go, what happened? Because they were on the phone, they weren't... Because we have become so that we go to a hotel and, the, and we don't care so much about what time breakfast is or if they serve it, but what's the Wi-Fi password? That's the first thing we have to know when we get into a building. We have to put it in our bulletin every week so you know what the Wi-Fi password is and you're here at church. It's interesting that we do this, but at the bottom line of this picture, the whole thing is it's a desire for connection. It's a desire to be with, but we've turned into incredible relationships. We've turned them into shallow texting. There's not real relationships that take place with your thumbs. They take place with your heart and your life. That's when real connection takes place. And it starts with the one that created us and having a connection with him. God doesn't want you to be religious. He wants to be in a relationship with you. And these basic human needs do start with connection. But they start with connecting to God and connecting to each other. We were made for relationships. We were made for it. And when people know that they're genuinely loved and accepted and forgiven, then they want to be there. They come back to that. They're desperate for that. And I think it's awesome. I love Stephen Swoboda sitting right over here, that joker. He, he left us last year, and I was mad at him because his family moved him back to California. But he's coming back to go to youth camp with us this year. I love that. He graduated from high school just a few weeks ago. I just love that because I love that guy. And he knows that he's loved here. Is that true? Absolutely it is. I, at, the, at the baseball game on Friday night, I don't even know if he's here, but Ennis Canawi, did he even show up today? Was he? Okay, and, and that joker, I haven't seen him. I did his wedding a long, long time ago, and he left Round Rock 17 years ago, and I saw him, and he recognized me and hugged me. It was just cool. I was sitting there, and I get this yell, hey, friends, and I turn around and look, and it's this old guy. I'm like, what? And I mean, totally out of context. I rubbed my, is that a ghost? My high school baseball coach, I haven't seen him in 25 years at the state tournament Friday night, and I got to see him and go hug him and sit with him. I mean, we are desperate for relationships, and relationships matter. They matter. And, and, and if we're going to do this, talk about meeting needs. God uses relationships to meet needs. And parents, it starts with you. It starts with me. Because if you think that the church's job is to spiritually raise your kids, you're wrong. It's not outsourcing. VBS is not to outsource spiritual training for your kids this week. That's not our goal. Our goal is to partner with you, to resource you, to not replace you. Someone else does too many things for us in our lives already. We cannot let go. Deuteronomy 6 tells us that parents are the primary disciples of their kids. Like, well, I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough about the Bible. Welcome to my world. I, I don't know it either. But I read it, and I want to dig more into it, and I want to have conversations about it. Start there. But jump in and, and partner with us. Let us pour into you so you can pour into your kids. That's what this VBS is about. Going to a national park is not just to decorate trees and go camping and all that stuff. It's to connect. It's to have that connection that matters. And, and, and so when he says he's going to meet our needs, are they physical? Yes. Can they be financial? Yes. Can they be emotional? Yes. Can they be relational? Yes. Are they spiritual? 100%. It's all of our needs. See, I looked up the word all in the Greek and the Hebrew too. And it means all. It's not just a hat rack right here, I'm telling you. It means every single need we could have. But you've got to quit defining needs. You've got to quit it. Let God give to you what you need. And he will. And he says it, he'll give it to you. So we go through, my God... 
will supply all your needs according, and now we go to this side of the room, to his glorious riches in Christ. What? That's right. Say it louder. That's right. The name above all names that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We might as well get used to it because it's going to happen for eternity. And if our pride and, and selfishness keep us from doing it here, you're going to be miserable in eternity. Because where do all of our needs get met? Ultimately, through the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And if you're tired of Jesus and you don't want anything to do with Jesus, then you're missing out on all his glorious riches. You're missing out on all the needs that can be met. And you're going to be so disappointed because you can't meet your own needs. And your spouse can't meet your own needs. And your kids can't meet your own needs. And your job can't meet your own needs. And your bank account can't meet your own needs. Those weren't made to meet your needs. God was. And we try to replace him with other people and things. We end up frustrated and disappointed. But when we can lean into this, my God will supply all your needs. And supply stuff full. It's not just drop little things at you. It's not, oh, you need a little bit of here. He's like, I want to give you all of it. I came to give you life and life abundantly. Man, I came to pour it all out to you. I came to give it to you so you could have it. Don't settle for just table scraps. You're invited to the banquet. And he says, come on, I will meet all your needs in Christ Jesus, his glorious riches. He's got more than we can imagine. He's got cattle on a thousand hill. He just kills a few cattle and sells them and gives it to us. I mean, he's able to do that. He's able to give us more than we can dream or think or imagine. Our brains cannot comprehend all that God wants to give us. But we will never get it if we don't put ourselves in a position to do it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I have another Sonic gift card. Who would like it? Would anybody like that Sonic gift card? But how would you be able to get it? You can't get it just sitting there, right? That doesn't happen that way. You've got to position yourself to do it. So who wants it? i got one right here. Okay, that's good. We have a winner. Done. Done. That was scary. Oh, my gosh. Ashley, I, I love you. I, I'm a youth pastor. Woo. Okay. That was incredible. And, but the thing is, they had to come get it. And they had to come get it. And they're willing to do that in church for five bucks. What do we do for all of God's blessings? Are we willing to make sacrifice? Are we willing to position ourselves to receive that? Instead, we say, God, meet my wants. God, meet my wants. Give me my wants. He's not Santa Claus. My God will supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That's what we get to learn. And all these cool things, these needs that we have, we get to learn about them every day this week at Bible school. Every day we learn about the gift of peace and the gift of hope and the gift of love. We get to learn these things that he already has for us. It's already being offered. His arms are extended as far as they can. Going, Here, I have this for you. Take it. And we're like, I'm good. I'm good till I'm desperate. Then I want it. And then we can't get to it because we're stuck in our own sin. Quit. Just quit. Grab your family. Wrap your arms around them and go. Because it all comes down to Jesus. It comes down to who he is and what he's done for us in that situation that's there. I have a quote that I want to share with you, parents. Because you ever go hiking and you trip and scrape your knee and it hurts? Yeah, that's what happened when I read this. Parents that treat the church as optional shouldn't be surprised when their children treat Jesus as unnecessary. See, that doesn't feel very good, Alan. This is supposed to be fun. You have a crazy hat on and weird socks. So what are you doing doing that to me? Well, if it kicked me in the tail, it's going to kick you in the tail. So we're going to go through this together. Parents that treat the church as optional shouldn't be surprised when their children treat Jesus as unnecessary. That gets me. 
We have a responsibility, a privilege, and an opportunity to train up these children in the ways of God, to pour into them, to love them, to point them towards Christ, and have fun doing it. Church, and, and, and these things should be get-to things, not have-to things. And if we punish our kids by making them go to church, that's just wrong. And I've heard that. We punish our kids by saying, you can't go to Bible study. I'm taking away the thing that means the most to you. Come sit with them. Don't take it away from them. Come sit with them, parents. Let's walk this out together so that they love Jesus more than we do. That's what we want. We don't want them to have to do it. We want them to love Jesus more than we love Jesus. And you need to keep pushing that bar. Keep pushing that bar. Because that's what it comes down to. So he can meet our needs in Christ Jesus. But you've got to know Jesus. You've got to know him personally. Relationship. Connection. Not religion. Not a box that you check. But a relationship that you pursue. That you get excited that you get to talk to him again. You can't wait to get up in the morning because you had to say goodnight to him and go to sleep. And now you get to talk to him again all day long. That's what he says, pray without ceasing. It's not just eyes closed driving around. It's an ongoing conversation because you're doing life like Christ. That's the goal. So here's what I want to do in closing because I think this is a cool, cool thing. And I'm going to push parents and make you a little uncomfortable, and I'm okay with that. If you're a kid in here, sixth grade on down, come on up here. Come sit at the steps. Any kid in here, sixth grade on down, come on. Whether you're going to Bible school or not, doesn't matter. Come and sit with us. Just come and sit. Just come and sit. Don't touch anything or grab anything or untie my shoes. Or it's, Holy cow. Hold on. Man, you know what this is right here? This is job security right here for me. <laughs> Isn't this incredible? This is awesome. And here, here's a neat thing that you get to see this. This is what happens in kids' church every week. This is what Ashley and her team are dealing with every Sunday, loving on your kids in this way. And some of these are preschool kids too. And so Mandy and her team, loving on these kids. And it is an honor and a privilege that we get to do that. But I'm telling you, these are not things we put up with. These are things we invest in. These are things we fight for. They're not annoyances. They're not in the way. Do they annoy us sometimes? Yes, but they are not annoyances. We cannot label them in that way. They are incredible gifts of God made in the image of Jesus Christ. And they are worthy of our love. They are worthy of us pouring into them and the sacrifices that we make. They're worth it for that because they're incredible. Hang on, Judah. And so don't miss out on this picture right here, because this is just a small glimpse of what's going to happen every night at Bible school this next week. And then the next week, we take the bigger kids to youth camp. And then the next week, we take our middle-sized kids to preteen camp. I mean, we've got these things coming, not so that we can replace you, but so that we can resource you and partner with you. And so sending them here is awesome. You're like, yeah, that's great. Send them there. Now it's your time. Parents, I want you to come and surround them. Parents, come get around them. If these are your kids... Get close to them if you can. If you can't quite get to them because of the masses, that's okay. But I want a picture of a wall of protection around these kids right now of parents. You're like, I don't want to get up and walk in church. Alan, why are you mad? Look what I had to wear. For crying out loud, you could get up here and stand by your kid, right? So just kind of make a wall around them here. Hold on, Judah and Nate, stay down there. There you go. Just kind of get around here. This is an incredible picture. And now, parents, I want you to look around at these other parents. Just look around at their faces. Just look around at these other parents' faces. My guess is not every single one of you knows every other single person in this thing. But they're your partners. This is who you lock arms with to fight for your kids. You don't send them away. You lock arms with these parents and say, let's do this together. 
Let's fight for their hearts together. Let's fight for their spiritual lives together. Let's not schools do it and let the internet do it. Let's us do it. Let's partner together to fight for these kids because the national park may be five days long here, but their lifetime matters. And you guys and me, these are my kids are down here. This is important that we're fighting for their hearts and not fighting against them. And it's done in prayer. You want God to meet all your needs and in, 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 supply all your needs in the glorious riches of Christ Jesus? Then it starts by talking with Jesus. So I'm just going to give you a minute. And I just want you to pray over your kids right now. Whether you can get to them or not, just where you are, pray. So kids, bow your heads. Mom and dad are going to pray over you. And then I'm going to pray at the end. So take one minute and go do that. Just pray over them right now. Pray for this week. Pray for their hearts. Jesus, I thank you so much for creating all of these unique kids in your image. They look like you. So, Father, I pray that when we look at them, we we see you in them. We don't see the mistakes. We don't see the, the oopses. We don't see those things that frustrate us. But we would see them with your eyes. We would love them with your heart. We would teach them with your patience. God, I pray that, that you are preparing them for incredible things. And God, I pray that parents would never think that they need to do nothing and stay out of the way. That's the worst thing we can do. God, let them be active participants in the faith journey of these kids. Let them fight for their hearts on their knees in prayer in the heavenly realms where the enemy hangs out. God, in the name of Jesus, we pray against those things. God, I pray wisdom for dads as they lead their family and pastor their home. God, I pray for for the patience that moms have and what a blessing that is. God, I pray that you give them perseverance. Summer's here. We get them a whole lot more. And I pray that we make the most of those moments. Not just wait, can't wait till till August gets here. God, let us savor these times. I pray Bible school is a sweet time of growing. We launch our summer going into the national park and we come out different than how we walked in because of who you are. Thanks for your incredible love for us. Thanks for not giving up on us even when we feel like failures as parents. We will not fail because you will supply all of our needs according to the richest, glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And sometimes we need that patience. Sometimes we need that love. A lot of times we need that wisdom. So we ask of you who gives abundantly, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.